Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The reading today is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Come on, keep going, don't give up. Sometimes we need those words of encouragement, don't we? I've never run a marathon, maybe you have, but I can imagine those cheers along the side of the road are really great, aren't they? Uh, maybe you're in the, in the last stages of your revision before your exams, and you just can't, ooh, you can't quite face it, and someone says, don't give up, and you keep going. Maybe you've been in labor. I haven't done that either. Um, and those, uh, those, you know, the people with you, they can't contribute anything, can they, apart from that encouragement to keep going. Well, sometimes we need to hear a bit more content as well, don't we? We need some reasons to keep going. Why am I even in this job? Maybe I should quit. No. Well, let me tell you why not. You know, you're doing a good job. You know, you're, you're needed by people and, and we really appreciate what you're doing and, and this hard stint, it will end soon. And don't forget, you're being paid well. So don't give up. And let me tell you some reasons why. Well, the book of Hebrews is a great big Come on, its message is keep going, don't give up. At the end of the book in chapter 13, verse 22, the letter is described as a word of exhortation. This is a message of encouragement to keep going. And as we read through the letter, we'll see all these reasons why. You'll be interested to know when he calls it a word of exhortation, he actually calls it a brief exhortation. And at 13 chapters, I'd be curious to know what his long exhortation is like. But sometimes this is just what we need, isn't it? You know, as Christians, we need to be told to keep going because it can be hard sometimes. Hard to believe when we can't see God. We've just got a message from him. Hard to battle away with our sin. Why don't I just just let go and just enjoy myself? Hard to be an outsider. Most people at school or most people at work, they don't believe. Why? Are we sure we're on the right track? Hard when we're suffering. Terrible things happen. And we think, is God really looking out for us? Hard when that suffering is at the hands of people who hate us, people who oppose us. It's persecution. It would all stop if I just gave up on Christianity. You know, and here at church, this pandemic has taken its toll on us, hasn't it? Many of us have lost our enthusiasm for Christianity. You know, we're not meeting, 
And when we are, we're not singing together, or, or maybe you're at home listening to the sermon in the lounge with the kids making a racket, and you're, you're not having those lovely conversations after church. This year, it's got us down. And we think of some of the staffing things going on here. Maybe you know about this bishop's visitation that you've heard about. And and maybe we're feeling upset or shaken or confused. None of this stuff has been easy for us. And so sometimes we think, why am I just keeping on going with this Christian thing? You know, if that's how you feel, or if that's how you have felt recently, please don't feel bad about it. Do you know, I've felt like that in the past, and I know many other Christians do. There's a battle to keep going. And for all these reasons, we need letters like Hebrews in the Bible which say to us, don't give up. We're looking at just the first four verses today. Uh, these verses, they're going to set up what's to come. There's loads more to come. Uh, but these first four verses, they just tell us something about how special our situation is. Uh, these things are true. These are things for us to hold on to, reasons not to give up. And we've just got two today. First, we have the full and final word of God. And second, we have the supreme son of God. So first, we have the full and final word of God. Verse one, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Our God is a God who speaks. This is crucially important. This defines Christianity. It's all built on the fact that God speaks to us. I was doing marriage preparation this week with a couple and we were talking about the importance of communication. You know, words are so important because relationships are built on communication. You can do lots of experiences together. You can share lots of sort of fun times together, but it's by speaking that a relationship is built and grows strong. You know, maybe you've watched someone from afar You've, uh, you've been in a class with them or you've been stalking them on Facebook, but it's not until you have a conversation with them that you really get to know them. And this is true with God and all things to do with him. We can't know anything real about him unless he speaks to us. It's as if we're in a dark, closed room trying to work out what's going on. We need someone outside to explain things to us. Is there a God? Is there heaven and hell? Is there a purpose to life? Is there anything wrong with this world? Is there any way of solving it? We can't figure these things out by ourselves. You know, Our reasoning, it's limited. Our feelings, they're just feelings. But God speaks, the one outside the room, the one who made the room. He doesn't leave us in darkness. He gives us an explanation. He speaks to us. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. If you've read any of the Old Testament, you'll know that it's the story of God speaking to his people. Sending different prophets with messages and giving people visions and dreams 
so they can know God's will. Even one time he spoke through a donkey. Do you know, and he always makes sure that what he says is preserved, it, that it was written down and saved. You know, even at one of the most important times, he gave his word already written down, the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone. God spoke. Now, the prophets were good, but it gets even better. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The way God spoke changed. It reached a climax and and the best possible thing happened. He didn't just send another messenger. He sent his own son. The son of God came as a man and he spoke to us. He taught us. He revealed God to us and he explained all truth that we need to hear. It couldn't be any better than this. The Son of God himself, the full and final word of God. Everything that came before was just a preparation for this. It was like the movie trailer. You know, movie trailers are great, aren't they? But they don't compare to the full and final film. Or perhaps you enjoy reading in the newspapers when uh, novels are sort of serialized. You get little bits of the novel in the newspaper over a week. But you're waiting for the full book when it comes. And so this is, this is why we say that the Old Testament is not now obsolete. It's not done with. We, we do still need it. Hebrews actually is a letter that quotes the Old Testament more than any other book, it seems. There's, there's so much Old Testament in Hebrews, even though it's saying that God has spoken fully and finally by his Son. That's because all of this stuff is used to build up to and explain the Son. It helps us. To hear him well. The son is this, the climax and the fulfillment. The Old Testament, it was openly incomplete. It was knowingly inadequate. It was waiting for the son. The son, when he came, would be the full and final speaking of God. So this is really Really good news. Through Jesus, we have been told all that we need to know. All that we need to know about life in this world and about God and about heaven and hell and about life and death and salvation. And it's all saved for us here, preserved, written down in this book. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we read it, God brings it alive to us, not saying new things, but helping us to hear the things that God has already said through his son and saved for us here. Now, some people say, don't they, um, I would believe if God would just speak to me. And we can sympathize with that, can't we? We'd love to hear a special voice from God just to me. But if that's what we're insisting on, Perhaps we might miss out on what God is offering us as he has spoken to us in this book. Why not get it open and see what God might be saying to you? 
Other people come at things from a different angle and, and might say, well, shouldn't we expect God to carry on speaking and to say new things to us now? And again, we could totally sympathize with that, can't we? You know, it does sound humble and spiritual, but actually, do you know, I think it's accidentally almost a snub to what God has already said, what has gone before. Hebrews is saying that what we've got could not possibly be any better. We have the full and final word of God. And so if we say we're not expecting anything more, anything new, we're actually paying the highest honor to how God has spoken through his son in his word. So maybe we are finding things hard at the moment. Yes, life is hard, but the word of God spoken to us, ultimately through Jesus, is a treasure. Something really special, something to hold on to. And it will help us in those hard times. If we didn't have the word of God, we'd still be in the darkness. And that really would be a bad thing for us. So let's keep opening this up. Let's keep seeing what God has to say to us, even when we feel like giving up. We have the full and final word of God. And now secondly, we have the supreme son of God. This is really special too. We have the supreme son of God. God has spoken by his son, but now we get this extended description of the son. And some of the stuff here is just huge. You know, like the final word of God, there's this sort of completeness to him, no shortcomings to him. We could not wish for any more. It's like we're playing top trumps, but we've only got one card left, and we look down at it, and we say, oh, it's Jesus. And we look at the numbers, and we're like, oh, it's 100 out of 100 out of 100. You know, the, no card is going to beat him. There are seven aspects described here. Number one, verse two. Jesus is the heir of all things. What's an heir? It's the one who will own something in the future. Jesus, at the end of time, will be the Lord of the whole universe. Nothing will be missing. Everything will be given to Jesus. No cousin inheriting some funny bit of artwork. You know, at the end of time, he will be established as the Lord of all. Two. He also made the universe. So he's not just there at the end. He's there right at the beginning too. He made it all. We talk about God creating the world. But God is, uh, we know this, don't we? God is Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And so within the Trinity they created the world. It was the Father's will, but the Son actually did it. He put it into action. So let's be very clear on this. Jesus is not part of the creation. Jesus is the creator. And look, if the idea of the Trinity is something that's new to you or something that's a bit confusing to you, it's a great thing to look into. It's a really important part of Christianity. You can talk to someone about it. You can find some books about it. But I think Hebrews as well is actually a really great place to start. There's loads of things here about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And the next two are on the same sort of theme. Number three, verse three. The Son 
is the radiance of God's glory. We talk about God being glorious as well, don't we? Glory means God's goodness and power and holiness and justice and love. Glory is God's wow factor. But we can't see the Father and we can't see the Spirit, but if you'd been there 2,000 years ago, you would have been able to see the Son. And one day in the future, we will be able to see him. The sun, the radiance of God's glory. Number four, the sun is the exact representation of his being. Jesus was not just a man chosen by God and made special. He wasn't just one of us lifted up above us. He was one of the Trinity come down to be with us. And he's not 50% God, 50% man. He's not 90% God. He's 100% God. The exact representation of his being. There's no shortcoming, no gaps. He is God. Now he is also 100% man. This is part of the mystery of the person of Jesus. Again, something really important to think about, really important to look into. But remember, this is God. If some of this stuff is, is, is tricky for us to understand, we should remember God does not easily fit into our understanding. Number five, he sustains all things by his powerful word. So he's the creator, but he's also the present sustainer. He didn't just set things up and then let them go like those wind-up toys. He's present, he's active in every moment, making sure all things continue as they should. He makes the clocks tick every second. He makes our hearts beat. He makes the seas pulse. If he stopped, even for a moment, the whole world would disintegrate. We must not underestimate the sun. So there's the first five things, and together they show us this sort of a general picture of the supreme son of God. But the next two are specific things that he has done. And these two specific things, they're going to be picked up at length in Hebrew. So I'll be very brief, but these will be developed. So number six, he has provided purification for sins. A couple of bits of jargon there, aren't there? Uh, sin, that's the problem we all face. We're rebels against God. We're impure, so our hearts, they need cleansing. But Jesus, the son, he did that. He provided purification. He made us pure. We'll see that this is all done by sacrifice. Jesus, the son, he sacrificed himself so that we could all be saved. The greatest thing which could ever be done, and he achieved it. So, number seven, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He took his seat in the place of glory because he had finished his work. He had died, he had risen, he had ascended into heaven, and so he is invited to sit down. It's what we do when we finish our work, isn't it? I was once a security guard. You look at me, you're thinking, you? <laughs> well, I was. I coped fine. 
But it was exhausting, basically standing up all day long. I'd get home and I would sit down. Well, Jesus, he sat down in heaven because he finished his work. He had completed salvation. How's this for a picture of the Son, the Creator? the sustainer, the future Lord of the universe. No less than God himself, not an inch between him and the Father and the Spirit, the exact representation of God. And the one who has done the work of salvation fully and finally completed. And so verse 4 He is far superior to angels. This is going to be explored next week uh, in much more detail. But I guess the main point is we might think angels are great. But really they are just messengers of God. They do not compare because Jesus is the supreme son. So, Christians... And non-Christians with us today or watching online, may I ask, what is your view of Jesus? Many think that he's a good teacher or an inspirational leader or even a prophet. But the reality is the Bible will not allow you to think that. It says he's the supreme son of God. Now you might think that's too much. He wasn't. Well then you're going to have to reject him completely. He doesn't ever claim to be just a teacher. You have to receive him fully or reject him completely. And if we do receive him as the supreme son of God, that's going to have an impact on our lives. It's going to impact the way that we listen to him. We listen to people in different ways, don't we? We take seriously uh, those, you know, the people we take seriously, we listen to seriously. The people we don't, we don't. You know, the man in the pub telling you about this conspiracy theory that he's found about, you just sort of nod along, don't you? But when the policeman says there's a criminal on the loose, you go home and you lock your doors. So when Jesus speaks, how will we listen? If we just read it out of interest. Or if we just read it sort of out of habit. Maybe we're missing something. This is the supreme son of God speaking to us. It's very serious, isn't it? But as the supreme son of God speaking to us, it's wonderful, isn't it? He speaks to us. It's very, very special. And it always demands a response. Have you considered who's speaking as we're reading? So we're all well aware that life isn't easy. The Christian life isn't easy. We lose heart. Our situations are hard. But in two crucial areas, it could not be any better. We have the full and final word of God. 
spoken to us by the supreme Son of God. So I don't know what's going on with most of you, but I can imagine that maybe some, after a year absent from church, you're maybe feeling distant from God. You're doubting if, if this whole Christian thing is what we thought it was. Is it, is it worth the commitment? Is it worth coming back? Well, look, it's okay. And maybe the thing to say is, it's time to get back to basics. Let's take some time to open up the Bible on your own or with someone else and, and talk about these things. Say what's going on in your heart and, and then see what God might have to say back to you. I hope that this Hebrew series will be a good opportunity for that. The supreme son of God is speaking to us and he cares for us. And I believe he has everything we could possibly need. So please don't give up. Keep going. And may God help us all. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have spoken to us by your Son, your wonderful supreme Son. We're sorry when we do not listen well. Please, Lord, help us. Open our ears that we might hear. Lord, be with each one of us if we're finding things hard at the moment. Please comfort us by your word spoken to us by your Son. Please draw near to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.